1884, a widow who was fueled by the grief of losing her husband and infant daughter purchased a small unfinished farmhouse on 45 acres of land in California. Over the next several decades, she continued to add on to the home, creating a huge, bizarre 24,000-square-foot mansion with over 160 rooms. The widow's name was Sarah Winchester, and this is the story of the Winchester Mystery House. I'm Ashton, and welcome to The Haunted Corner. Welcome back to The Haunted Corner. I'm glad you're here. I'm really excited about today's topic. If you're into the paranormal and strange history, this one's for you. Today we're talking about the Winchester Mystery House and the queen herself, Sarah Winchester. I got some of my information from a book called Sarah Winchester, Beyond the Mystery, written by Bennett Jacobstein. And let's get into it. Sarah Lockwood Hardy was born in either 1839 or 1840, although it should be known that no birth certificate for Sarah has ever been located. She was the fifth of seven children born to Leonard Party and Sarah Burns Hardy. She was known as Sally to her family members. Her father, Leonard, came from a long line of woodworkers, and he used his skills to manufacture parts that were needed by factories. Around 1850, Leonard established a wood shop and mill, a wood shop and mill called Leonard Party and Company. The shop was located near the family's home, and Sarah became fascinated with the craft over time, which was something that she would carry with her throughout her life. Sarah was well educated and learned several languages growing up. She could also play several instruments, including the piano, organ, and violin. The family home was located on the same block as the Winchester family. The Winchesters were the founders of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, which became one of the best-known gun manufacturers in American history. Sarah became close friends with one of the sons of the family named William Winchester, and the two married in 1862. On June 15th of 1866, the couple welcomed their only child, a daughter named Annie Party. Unfortunately, Annie would only live for six weeks before dying of what was called marasmus. She wasn't getting any nutrients from her food, which is what led to her death. She passed away on July 25, 1866. During this time, William and Sarah lived with with William's parents, where Sarah learned a lot about money management from William's father, Oliver Winchester. As the Winchester Repeating Arms Company grew and became more successful, the family decided to build a new house in New Haven for them all to live in. So they brought in a well-known architect named Henry Austin to to design their new home. Because William and Oliver were busy with the company, 
Sarah became the main point of contact with the architect, and together they designed a 20,000-square-foot mansion for the family to live in. And this only fueled Sarah's love for construction and architecture. While all of this was going on, William was struggling with symptoms of a disease that had plagued him for most of his adult life, tuberculosis. He would often become ill in the winter, and by the spring, he would recover, suffering from breathing issues and eventually becoming really frail. In 1880, Oliver Winchester passed away, leaving William in charge of the company and everything to do with it. But William was struggling himself, and the stress of taking control of the company didn't help matters. William became really ill again during the winter of 1881, and this time he would not recover. He passed away at the age of 43 on March 7, 1881. And when he passed away, William left 50% of the company and a $20 million inheritance to Sarah, making her one of the richest women alive overnight. But she was deeply grieving the loss of her husband and daughter, which no amount of money could fix. She continued to live in New Haven for a few years. However, her grief began to take a toll on her health. She was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and her doctor prescribed a change of scenery and climate to hopefully help improve her mood along with her health. The doctor also told her to take up a hobby to keep her busy and even suggested pursuing her former interest in architecture. So, Sarah took the advice of her doctor and packed her bags for the cross-country trek. And in 1885, she moved to California, inviting her three sisters to follow her, which they did. When she arrived in California, she purchased an unfinished farmhouse on 45 acres of land surrounded by fruit and nut orchards orchards in rural San Jose, California. She immediately began planning to expand the farmhouse into something that she could fit her sisters that could fit her sisters and their families if they chose to live with her when they came. And so Sarah set off and she started adding on to the home. She constructed an elaborate mansion with a very strange setup. Sarah hired workers to bring her visions to life, and the mystery house was underway. And it would continue to be built for the next several decades. Eventually, the farmhouse was transformed into a 24,000-square-foot, seven-story mansion with 160 rooms and a tower that reached 200 feet. 200 feet in the air. This thing is crazy. I'll include some pictures for you guys to check out on the blog post for today's episode. So head on over there. This thing, it looks like something you would see in a fever dream. I'm pretty sure I've seen that in my dreams. It's wild. Um, But inside the house, it was decorated with redwood. However, Sarah didn't like the look of the wood, so she had it painted which required over 20,000 gallons of paint. She really took the time to add decorative details to the interior, including importing fabrics, chandeliers, and other materials from other countries. The home has 2,000 doors, some of which lead nowhere, 
10,000 windows, 47 fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 40 stairways, some of which just lead straight to a wall, 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, one completed and one unfinished, 13 bathrooms, a wood-paneled Venetian-inspired dining room, six kitchens, three elevators, and three basements. In the grand ballroom, there were two stained glass windows that contained quotes from Shakespeare plays. One says, quote, wide unclasp the tables of their thoughts, end quote, while the other says, quote, these same thoughts people this little world, end quote. Sarah was really well versed in Shakespeare. As she got older and her mobility was limited, the rheumatoid arthritis allowed her to only lift her legs a few inches off the ground, which made it really hard for her to climb the billions of stairs in the house. So many of the staircases were designed to only be two inches high so that she could easily maneuver them. But eventually, Sarah enlisted the help of Otis Elevator Company to have an electric elevator installed inside the mansion, which would be one of the first installed in a residence by the company. The house was designed in many ways out of convenience. Sarah had a special shower installed so that she would not have to climb into the bathtub. And the laundry room was designed to make it easier on the servants with scrub boards and soap holders being built into the sinks in the laundry room. In order to communicate within the the house, because it was so huge, Sarah installed a few different systems. One was a set of tubes that connected the separate layers of the home so that people could just speak into it if they were trying to talk to someone on another level of the house. Another was a system called an annunciator, which involved call buttons for Sarah to push, which would send a signal to the annunciator, and it would show a number, which let the servants know which room Sarah was in in the house. So out of all 160 rooms, (laughs) it's anyone's guess where she could be. So this is probably a pretty good idea. By the early 20th century, the property had grown to over 160 acres and had its own water supply with its own water tower. Oh, and it also had its own gas manufacturing plant because this was before electricity. There were gardens on, and the orchards on the property provided fruits and nuts to be sold at the markets, which was pretty cool. Sarah was kind of a badass, definitely a badass. When the 1906 San Francisco earthquake happened, the seven-story tower and most of the chimneys collapsed. One entire wing was destroyed, along with the third and fourth story additions as well. Sarah Winchester had the rubble removed, but there was no further construction really done to the property after the earthquake. This left doors that opened to nothing where balconies had once been. There were pipes protruding from walls and staircases that once led to upper floors of the home that ended suddenly. So it was pretty creepy after that. Now more badassery on Sarah's part. She built a whole hospital, y'all. Following her husband's death, she knew that she wanted to build some kind of memorial to honor her husband. And 
As you might recall from the Waverly Hills Sanitarium episode, tuberculosis was a big thing during this time. And this is what her husband, William, died died from as well. So she decided to build a tuberculosis hospital as a memorial for him. On November 6, 1909, Sarah wrote a letter to the president of the General Hospital Society of Connecticut, a man named Eli Whitney. In the letter, she described her purpose for wanting to build a tuberculosis hospital as a way to honor her husband. She called it, quote, in every way the best thing I could do, end quote. She also told Whitney that she wanted to donate $300,000 to the General Hospital Society of Connecticut, and this would be close to $10 million today. She claimed she would check, send the check as soon as she received and approved of a plan. Now, this plan was sent to Sarah to approve very quickly, and she sent the first check on December 1st of 1909. Sarah was a very generous woman, but as with many of her donations, she wanted to remain anonymous. She would go on to send another 300000 to the General Hospital Society to go towards the construction, which began in 1911. By the time the hospital opened in 1918, Sarah had donated over $1.3 million towards the construction. But money was no object to her, and one of her main requests was that the hospital serve patients of all economic statuses. Sarah's physician was even quoted in the book as saying, quote, It is her desire that no hardship should come to the poorer class of patients because of their inability to meet the financial part of their obligation, end quote. So that's freaking awesome, right? The William Wirt Winchester Tuberculosis Annex of the New Haven Hospital was dedicated. It was made up of four buildings and built to serve 126 patients. And the purpose of the hospital would be quickly put to the test. World War I was happening, and the military was in desperate need of a hospital to treat soldiers returning from Europe with tuberculosis. So they requested to use the newly built hospital, but they needed Sarah's permission. Being the person that she was, she agreed, and the hospital opened in May of 1918 with a temporary name of United States Army General Hospital Number 16, with room for up to 650 patients. It served military members for the next nine years before being returned to the General Hospital Society of Connecticut and given its original name once again. The hospital served patients for many years to come and even operated a summer camp called Camp Happyland. It was designed to take care of children whose families were being treated for tuberculosis at the hospital. After the decline in tuberculosis, the hospital was sold to the U.S. Veterans Administration and the William Wirt Winchester Fund was reassigned and consolidated into the Winchester Chest Clinic, which continues to serve patients to this day. So you're probably wondering where the spooky factor comes into this week's episode. Well, The story has been taken and run with over the years. And the one that has stuck around for a while is that someone, a medium or someone, told Sarah that the spirits of the victims who were killed by the Winchester guns were going to come back 
and haunt her, and that she needed to keep building onto her house in order to keep the angry spirits at bay. It said that the constant construction was ongoing to keep the spirits happy. But this is proven to be untrue because one construction worker even said that there were periods of several years at a time where there would be no construction done on the house. The story also says that the random doors leading nowhere in the strange layout of the house was to confuse the spirits and cause them to get lost in the house. But really, it seemed like Sarah was just a free spirit who also liked to keep to herself and didn't go out a lot, causing people in the neighborhood to speculate and gossip. But she also, you know, didn't, wasn't in the best of health either. She had rheumatoid arthritis. It was hard for her to get around. She didn't want to go outside. Girl after my own heart, you know? Sarah also had a connection with the number 13 which is often associated with the occult. But Sarah claimed that this was a really lucky number for her, and it was used throughout the house. There were 13 bathrooms, 13 wall panels in a room, 13 windows, 13 coat hooks. I did see some confusing information about the amount, the number of bedrooms in the house. There was a report of 13 bedrooms. There was a report of 40. There was lots of rooms. Lots of them. In 2018, Helen Mirren starred in Winchester as Sarah Winchester herself. The story took the rumors about the hauntings in the house and ran with them, depicting a woman crazed by the ghosts of Winchester rifles. Now, filming for the movie took place at the actual Winchester Mystery House. There's, of course, many stories of hauntings in the house, but you'll have to visit the house to confirm that for yourself. After Sarah's death, the house was sold to real estate developer T.C. Barnett for over $135,000. In May of 1923, an entrepreneur named John Brown signed a 10-year lease on the property and had plans to turn the house into an amusement park with a roller coaster inside the house. Now, for some odd reason, this never came to fruition. And the house was opened in 1923 as a standalone tourist attraction and became known as the Winchester Mystery House. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places on August 7th of 1974 and is still open for tours to this day. So check it out. Sarah Winchester passed away on September 5th of 1922 but I'm sure she would be happy to see that the memorial she created for her husband is still being honored and respected over 100 years after her death. And that is the story of Sarah Winchester and the Winchester Mystery House. I just think she seemed cool. Like, she just seemed like she was a cool woman. She's so quirky, and I really can't wait to go visit the house someday. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. The sources for today's episode will be listed in the show notes and also on the blog post for the episode at www.thehauntedcorner.com. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts with new episodes dropping every Monday and Thursday. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to share your support, head on over to Patreon. 
you'll have access to the exclusive Patreon-only episodes. There's a couple already up there with one more coming soon. So head on over there to subscribe so you're ready when that drops. You'll have early and ad-free access to episodes plus so much more. So visit patreon.com forward slash The Haunted Corner to join now. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to tell a friend and rate and review us wherever you listen. That is a big way to help spread the word. If you have a case suggestion or correction to share, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Mm -hmm.